Hello, this is Margarita Monet from Edge of Paradise, and you are listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped heavy metal. Please visit us on our website at www.themetalpit.org. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Metal Pit. And we have a YouTube channel, which is at The Metal Pit 666. If you have any comments or album suggestions or questions about this podcast, please email us at podcast at the metal pit dot org. I am your host, Blake, and I am like the president, I guess I'll say, of the Metal Pit website. Today, my two guests are two of my writers. One is Jim. How are you doing, Jim? Doing great. Glad to be here. This is fun. This is your second in a row, actually, as we just did uh, Deep Purple's Machine Head last week. And my other guest is Anthony, another new, pretty new writer. How are you doing, Anthony? Doing pretty good. And uh, this is actually my first uh, podcast, and I'm really looking forward to it. And since it is your first podcast, well, quickly, I didn't brief you about this, but you kind of mentioned it while we were talking. But how did you get into heavy metal music? Oh, God, it started uh, probably late 70s uh, with uh, my my mom would drop me off at the babysitters and uh, the oldest brother was into Kiss and Ozzy and Queen and all that stuff. And that's where I learned it, probably about four years old. <laughs> well, that's before me, that's for sure. <laughs> um. Oh, and okay, and you're in, you're also in a band. You play guitar, right? In a band. What's the name of your band, and how can people find you? And what kind of stuff uh, do yeah, you play? Sure. Um, the the band is uh, Deviant, and if you have a, a some paper and a pencil, it's <laughs> D E V hyphen I hyphen A N T. It's uh, based out of Toronto and Markham, Ontario, with Devin. Sabatini and myself, Anthony Prugo. That's how we came up with the name Deviant. We write horror soundscapes, uh, just really kind of evil music, uh, inspired mostly by Colby industry. And I also have to get, give a really big shout out to uh, my girl, uh, Kat Coulter, at, uh, You're Welcome Tattoos, and her, her whole entire crew. Uh, for giving probably some of the best ink in Canada. <laughs> and that's in Toronto too, right? Yeah, right in Cabbage Town. And so all three of us are from Ontario. Oh, no, we're not. Sorry, Jim. Jim's in Nova Scotia. Me and Even Anthony are both in Ontario. Sorry. <laughs> Confused there. Okay, so so on tonight's ep or tonight today whatever episode we're going to talk about the 1980 album from Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, his first solo album. And at oh. the end of the podcast, we're going to give our top ten, I'll say, hard rock heavy metal albums of 1980, just in case there wasn't enough heavy metal albums in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no questions about is this metal or is this metal, so that's why we're doing that. But first, we're going to do Blizzard of Oz. It's a debut studio album, of course, from Ozzy, released September 12, 1980 in the UK and not till March 81 in the US. Oh, I didn't really realize that. Sorry, I should read my research first. But anyway, we're calling it 1980 since that's when it came out in the UK. And of course, this is the first of two studio studio albums with uh, Randy Rhodes on the guitar prior to his death in 1982 in a plane crash. And in let's see, uh, I don't really care too much about Rolling Stone magazine, but in 2017, it was ranked number nine on the 100 greatest heavy metal albums of all time. Now, the, uh, the, 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 member, the people in the band at this time, of course, Ozzy on vocals, Randy Rhodes, guitar, Bob Daisley on, Bob Daisley on bass, 
Ali Kurzlake on drums and Don Airy on the keyboards. Ozzy has 13 solo albums. I probably stopped listening after five. <laughs> and he also <laughs> appeared on nine Black Sabbath albums. And let's see here. Let's start with, okay, let's, when did we first hear Blizzard of Oz or me? Well, everybody's probably heard Black Sabbath, but Anthony, when did you first hear the Blizzard of Oz album? Oh, it definitely would have been like when it was uh, released. Uh, I uh, see the cover like just like it was brand new. And uh, Randy Rhodes from that point on, uh, not just Randy Rhodes, but the whole Aussie experience was uh, incredible. It was something that you had really never heard before. Uh, and then Randy just topped everything off. Uh, you mentioned about the Rolling Stone and they mentioned him number nine. But I, I think if Randy was still around today, he would be probably the best guitarist in the world. And Jim, when did you first hear Blizzard of Oz? Did you get it right away too? No, I probably, I think, uh, you know, in 1983, Bark at the Moon came out. So there was uh, a little bit more video play with that. Um, that. You know, I was getting into, I think, as I said on the last podcast, I, I got into metal around 1980. So probably a little late, but obviously went back through and got Diary as well as Blizzard of Oz. And I mean, from then on, you know, I, I've got all his albums, but and I agree, you know, probably after maybe No More Tears, Osmosis. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever re-listened to them, but the new album, I, yeah, Patient Number agree. Nine. I, I totally agree with you, Jim. <laughs> you know, and Patient Number Nine, the newest album, which I know we're not really talking about, it wasn't bad. It hit my honorable mentions for my top 20 uh, last year. Wasn't, you know, I, I, I got to admit, it wasn't bad. So, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, there's there's definitely, you know, those first five or six were amazing. And then after that, definitely a drop off for sure. Yeah, agreed. And and I know that I got it when it, well, I think I got, does anybody remember Columbia House Records where you would buy yeah. seven albums oh, for a penny? <laughs> and uh, I just have to let you know, I worked at HMV for about eight years and we had like that ultimate uh, policy where bring it in, we'll give your money back. But uh, <laughs> Columbia House, um, uh, pressed all the cassettes or whatever they had so it would be uh, signatured and uh, yeah we would have to uh, refute those but it was a it was a giant disaster so I don't know whatever happened with that but it was a scam but I think that is where I got Blizzard of Oz first was on cassette from, I got a bunch of cassettes from Columbia House. I don't remember any of the other ones that I got. I only have, I only kept a few, but I think that's where I first got it. I remember playing it on my ghetto blaster thing outside of my house out in the country while I played catch or something like that, or I played with my dog and I listened to Crazy Train and that kind of stuff. <laughs> so anyway, okay, so... uh and of course, I knew Black Sabbath yeah, before that. Friend. But second, uh, that was the second rift I learned after smoke on the water. Like how, <laughs> how, how typical! It's just like so cliche. Well, it's funny because me and Jim just did the Deep Purple Machine Head, and I told him, even though even I know how to play Smoke on the Water, like I have a guitar, but I'm not very good but i said i could play smoke on the water and i did try to learn the opening riff of crazy train but i could never do it very good but i think i could do it where somebody might understand it oh the whole song when you get to play the whole song you just feel free afterwards it's amazing well i'm not i'm not talented enough to do that so <laughs> okay this album of course is oh this album I don't know why it says, of course, this album, I checked out the live, uh, let's see, I forget what it's called, setlist.fm website that has a running stats of when bands play songs live. I'm not saying it's 100% accurate, but it's probably a good basis of things. And songs from this album, they played Ozzy, that is. Ozzy played songs from this album 4,000 more times than any other album. Wow. <laughs> 
Okay. No More Tears is the next highest studio album uh, on the okay. list. I thought it would have been Diary of Madman, but it says it was No More Tears. So we're going to get to the album, and it starts off with the song that they've played the second most live, and that's I Don't Know. And I'll start with Jim on this song since, yeah, we'll start with Jim on this song. What do you think of I Don't Know? Oh, it's a great song. I mean, a good song to start the album off. And, you know, uh, I'm not a guitar player, not a musician. So, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to be on with a couple of guys here. One who, you know, can play Smoke on the Water on his guitar there, uh, Blake, and, and uh, an actual guitarist. That, no, no offense, Blake, but this is awesome. Yeah. And uh, But I love, because I love to hear the insight from uh, from Anthony on, uh, I mean, on, on Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes, in my mind, is my favorite guitar player. I Don't Know is a great track. It starts it off. There's some great riffs in there. And Ozzy just really electrifies the song. Uh, not my favorite song on the album. I mean, there's so there's so much content to this album. Uh, but it's a great, I think it's a great starter track. I like it, you know. You've got Lee Kerslake on drums there that just kills it. Uh, Daisley on bass. I mean, there's it, it's just a great mix. And I remember the first time putting this album on, uh you know after i went backwards from uh from bark at the moon uh you know and then getting into the randy Rhodes era uh wow it just i mean you know this song just blew my mind wanted me to listen to obviously the next song and obviously you know the next song i i knew about in that and, and many of the songs on there but it is a great song um and i believe i think this one's played live fairly often i'm, I'm sure you probably know blake this is the second most song they've played live. I think everybody yeah. can guess what the first most is, but anyway. <laughs> so Anthony, what do you I'm sure you like, uh, I don't know. I, I I think after uh Bark at the Moon, uh Ozzy really lost his edge. Like I, I do like I don't know, but like after that point, I really don't consider him metal anymore. He's almost like pop rock. Uh, it's just that he's gotten too soft. So if he went back to those days with the killer riffs with uh, Zach Wilde and um, made himself reputable within the metal community, uh, he would deserve a lot more credit. But for me right now, he's, yeah, pop rock. He's in there with Taylor Swift. Well, I don't think he's really going to do anything else anyway. <laughs> Because yeah. he's kind of old and failing, I think. <laughs> he's, he was supposed to play a festival this summer, but he's canceled that anyway. So I don't know if we'll ever hear him record anything else again or not. But yes, that song, I don't know, was played 11, 1155 times live, according to oh. that website. And then Crazy Train was played uh, 12 times more. <laughs> <laughs> 1167 times. Does that include uh, uh, the the theaters, like at hockey games and uh, all that? No, this is just in concerts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's been played at hockey games a lot, too. Well, in Canada, it sure does. <laughs> so, Anthony, what do you think of Crazy Train, even though you kind of mentioned it already? but Yeah, it's uh, evolu uh, evolutionary. Uh, the, the whole concept behind it about that single rift and uh, into the chord progression of the whole thing. It's just absolutely genius. And uh, there's no one else, even to this day, like even like Van Halen or some of the other guys just could not pull that off at that time. And Jim? Well, I mean, you know, he's, he's, a, prof he's a musician, so he knows that. I agree. I mean, 100%. That riff is just, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, the song's been played so much, probably, and I'm, you know, to the point of maybe being overplayed a bit. But I mean, every time you hear it, you know, it's, it's neat because, I mean, the song was originally written about the fears of Cold War. So when it comes down to it, you know, you're looking at this time when there was the whole fear of cold war you know this song came out it was it was pretty neat pretty uh, good sign of the times to to be kind of exact but you know it's i mean it's been played like you say so many times and the interesting thing is 
my daughter, I have a seven-year-old daughter who, uh, you know, obviously knows a lot about heavy metal just by absorption. Uh, you know, this song was focused on a, a Trolls movie, uh, you know, and Ozzy was actually a cartoon in that in that movie. And uh, I mean, she can sing it. And I mean, the lyrics were changed, <laughs> I think, a little bit. But, you know, that's exactly where this went. I mean, it's just such a powerful song. And the musicianship, I mean, you know, Andy spoke, Randy's a, a genius. So, uh, you know, and that, that's 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 pretty much it from my end. I mean, uh, obviously a crowd pleaser, an amazing song. And, uh, you know, it's it's, uh, you know, in 1980. I mean, this was definitely groundbreaking material. Well, according to Bob Daisley, uh, Randy was playing the first riff. And I guess they both used to collect model trains, him and Randy Rhodes. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know that. And, yeah. and Daisley said to Randy, that sounds like a train. <laughs> so, and, but he said, it sounds nuts. So I said, it sounds like a crazy train. Now, I don't know. I'm sure Ozzy would say he thought of the title, but anyway, that's what Daisley said that he came up with the title crazy train, <laughs> but who knows? Regardless, it, it is uh, one of the most classic songs ever. But yeah, I agree with uh, Jim. It's been over. It's been played so much that some people now probably are like, well, it's not my favorite song anymore just because it's been played so much, just like Smoke on the Water. <laughs> then we go yeah, to... I can't stand Smoke on the Water, but I will never, <laughs> ever get sick of Crazy Train. Yeah. <laughs> and we go to Goodbye to Romance. This was actually the first song written for the album. Ozzy said this was his goodbye to Black Sabbath. I don't really know what goodbye to Rome. I guess Black Sabbath was romance. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, even though it's a slower one, because if people have listened, I don't like ballads. I don't like slow songs, but I like this one. And probably one of the main reasons is the guitar solo, of course, by Randy Rhodes. So, uh, Jim, what do you think of goodbye to romance? Oh, I mean, it's a great, it's a great slow song. I mean, that you know, and I'm sure Andy's going to speak about the the classical guitar solo in it. That just sounds so great. <laughs> I am just going to touch on it because I don't want to take away his thunder. But yeah, I mean, uh, saying goodbye to Black Sabbath and maybe even the song even reeks of new beginnings in my, in my mind. So I think, uh, you know, Leaving that, I mean, uh, some of the lyrics in there really indicate the fact that, you know, everybody's having fun, except for him. He's the lonely one. So, you know, I get from that the fact that he's uh, thinking that, you know, your Sabbath continually going on without him and uh, and, you know, coming out with big album that year as well um, not to give anything away um, and then and then going with that so that's what that's what I think I mean a great slower song great again great musicianship I like it uh, you know it's one of the uh, stream of metal songs that both me and my wife you know could get into my wife was my high school girlfriend back in the day so uh, you know we listened to all this as it uh, you know uh, back then so uh and brought a lot of that out so that's what i i think about it and i i mean i really like the song it's uh again probably not my favorite song on the album but it's it's up there in the top half for sure anthony uh yeah well uh it, it turns out sometimes you know ozzy is over glorified and he writes some really stinky songs but it's his band that picks him up uh, from those uh, stinky songs. And uh, I tune out to the vocals and I focus on the musicianship of the drums, the bass, and especially Randy. So I can't say too much about it because it's, again, one of those songs I tune out to. Uh, but overall, it's a great album. The song is not that bad. It's just, yeah. It's not one of your favorites. <laughs> okay, then we I go to D. Oh. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> then the next thing is just a 50-second acoustic little ditty by uh, Randy Rhodes, obviously. So I I don't know. You want, we don't need to say a lot about a 50-second instrumental, but Anthony, do you want to say anything about that? Don't get me started about D. <laughs> One of the best songs ever written for his mom. 
Uh, it is just, and when I, when I, I don't even say I could master it. I can play it perfectly, but to get the, that same feeling that Randy did, I can never replace that. It was incredible. And probably like, and again, I'll say Eddie Van Halen, whatever did eruption. Screw that. Give me <laughs> D instead. Well, that, the thing that I don't like true it's... guitar. That that is true guitar and feeling and emotion. Um, uh, and yeah, I can I can shred like Ingway, but when it comes down to it, D is uh on its own, one of a kind. That's it. Hard stop. I just wish it was longer because I could definitely handle listening to Randy Rhodes play like for three or four minutes an instrumental. That would have been great. It's because I'm sure it's something he would have done if he didn't pass away in the next year. I could I could see him releasing a solo album and stuff like that, instrumental, but whatever, we don't get to see that. D you want to say anything about D, Jim? I think Danny Anthony nailed it. I mean, uh, you know, the, the documentary that came out a little while ago about Randy Rhodes, I mean, you really learn a lot about it. I mean, there's been many documentaries. The latest one that came out there, I think it's on Tubi or Hulu. Uh, you know, it's awesome, a must-watch, and they, they delve into all his, uh, you know, his classical background, his classical aspirations, and how good of a guitar player he is. And I mean, this just showcases it, 50 seconds or whatever, but I mean, I'm with you Blake I think this would have been great to be like a three-minute instrumental yeah. to him. it would have been awesome agreed totally and they've only played that two times live which is I don't really know understand that but that's what it said it was played uh, who, two times uh, last. <laughs> uh, Blake who played it live well I'm assuming Randy Rhodes probably but I'm not sure why they would have only did it twice. You think you think he would did of did a guitar but solo or he might have threw I, I it in really there. I hope that uh, no one but Randy would play it. I know there was a, a tribute where they had the guys from like Testament and stuff where they all got uh, seven guitarists all played it together. And it was actually really, really good. And uh, other than Randy playing it by himself, uh, that tribute that was played to him was the best thing I've heard too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't say like who the guitarist was, but I'm assuming it was probably just on that first tour. And I'm just not sure why he would only do it twice. You think he would have did it every one before he did a guitar solo or something probably, but that's just what it says anyway. So then we go yeah, but to... I don't think you would want to play D before Suicide Solution. <laughs> Well, now we go to Suicide Solution, and uh, I'll Anthony, you go Suicide Solution. Okay, so I'm going to take it from the live version, which is uh, just uh, remarkable. Uh, and you got to see the love between Ozzy and Randy, and that solo was like one of the most inspiring things for me. And when Again, I'll say it again. I can play it fully. Can I master it? Never, because never can. No one can ever copy what what Randy did. But the song in itself was important. There were all those court cases about it. Uh, just so much controversy. But the song itself, if you really uh, listen to it, um, it's not a happy song at all. And people really got the wrong message behind the whole thing about it. Yes. Yeah. And Jim, do you have any information on this? <laughs> uh, my, my favorite song on the album, maybe 1A of my favorite song. I'll have a 1B a little later on. But, you know, this is a great album. I mean, or sorry, great song. And I mean, you know, as Anthony touched on there, the suicide, and I think it was October of 84, where somebody claims there was messages on there. Uh, like, in all fairness, the song's about uh, suffering from, uh, you know, addiction. It was originally written, I believe, with, well, according to the story about Bon Scott, but I believe he's been sort of recanted a little bit where some of the members from Ozzy's sorry, band Jim, said, I loved Bon Scott. I thought he was yeah. great. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, Go and on. I think, yeah, and I think it was uh, sort of, they, they, he ended up kind of writing it 
Ozzy about himself and what he was going through, probably through his Zeppelin years and what he was continuously going through at this point in his career. But, you know, it's a, it's a great song. Musically, it's awesome. And I, I agree with Anthony. I think it's sad that, you know, everybody from maybe the PMRC to parents and everybody else you know yeah you have somebody who acts on something I, I doubt this was maybe not at all even the catalyst that happened I mean things things happen all the time but uh, the, the song is wicked and it's well crafted and it's got a great it's got a great message to it I mean it is you know right from the first line and I mean you yeah. know uh, wine is fine with whiskey's quicker I mean it, it says yeah, it agree, right there and, agree, and, and totally. I guess they're just not getting it <laughs> So, so is that the great message that whiskey is quicker than wine? <laughs> <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> but it also tastes better. <laughs> well, don't tell a wine drinker that. <laughs> <laughs> I like my I, wine with steak too, but yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not, I don't have anything to add because uh, Jim said everything I have wrote down here, so I'm not going <laughs> to add anything about that. And yes, I love the song too. There really isn't one song on here I don't like, really. So then we go to Mr. Crowley, and I'll just, this song is about Alistair Crowley. Yeah, don't get me started on that one because that that's an absolute masterpiece that I can listen to over and over and over again. It's got every element. It's just brilliant from the first minute to the last second. Well, you can go on. You've already started now. <laughs> well, no, I interrupted you. So now you continue. But I just, Mr. Crowley is one of the best songs I've ever heard. And Jam, what do you think of Mr. Crowley? Oh, it's an awesome song. That haunting opening. If that was made like, I mean, you know, I, it could never be reproduced like that now. Uh, the first time you hear it, and even now when you hear it, it gives you the hair stands up on your arms, the back of your neck. I mean, it's it's got that haunting start. And, you know, I that's when I'm when I'm searching out. I like a lot of black and thrash and stuff like that. When I'm searching that out, I'm looking for that feeling that I got when I first heard and when I still hear that song. And, you know, it's hit or miss out there now and nothing like that. But that's just it's just such a great great song and i mean uh, i agree with you guys it's, it's awesome that that's close to my 1b maybe my 1c so <laughs> to, to me this is the closest song to a black sabbath song on here is this Truth. one a little bit i think I, uh, the, the, I like i'm gonna continue what i was saying the the solo that randy does is untouchable uh, the way he keeps going, uh, there are not very many guitarists that can pull that off to keep the flow of of uh, the solo going throughout the song. Uh, just yeah, absolute brilliance. And you can you can tell from his solos that he, I mean, if you listen to classical music at all, and I like classical music a little bit mostly when it's incorporated in heavy metal, <laughs> but you can definitely tell his like for classical music, even in his solos and just the way he plays, you can definitely feel that in there. Um, and oh, and Jim, you mentioned the uh, documentary and Randy Rhodes and Anthony, you mentioned Eddie Van Halen. I was just going to mention something. <laughs> now I'm not sure if this is the one you're talking about the, but it's, supposedly had a feud with Eddie Van Halen or something. And somebody put Eddie Van Halen's picture on his wah-wah pedal or his distortion pedal so that Randy Rhodes could stomp on Eddie Van Halen's face when he was playing the guitar. I don't know if he really wanted to do that, but <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that up. So I, I, finally. I never heard about that one, but there's no competition. Well, yeah. There's no competition whatsoever. <laughs> Well, we don't want to piss off any Van Halen fans. I don't know. Yeah, I do. Sorry. I like Van Halen, but I yeah, I like I like Randy Rhodes better than Eddie Van Halen. Yes. Okay, now we're gonna talk about. I think this is about porn movies, isn't it? No bone movies. Oh wait, before I go to that, I forgot to say, Suicide Solution is the third song they've played the most live, and Mr. Crowley is the fourth song they've played the most live. Just forgot about that. Now, no bone movies. Uh, I don't know whose turn it is. Let's say Jim. <laughs> Great, good song. I mean, I like the song a lot. It's it's. And my, it, I mean, this whole album, like you guys, 
I pretty much like everything that's on here. Uh, you know, that guitar riff again, I mean, we're talking about, it's almost like we're repeating ourselves on every song <laughs> with this, but it's just that, you know, what the musicianship of this album is so good. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, Anthony, Anthony made a great point there and not to knock Ozzy because I love Ozzy. I love Ozzy now. I love Ozzy then, but in a lot of cases, I mean, in the condition he probably was in, I mean, when, when he was recording this or whatever, the band really upped his game and, you know, Randy, the band really upped his game and really brought it. So when you have a band like that, you know, it allows you to, uh, you know, to really really uh sound great and i mean i think this this song i like it that guitar riff is amazing and uh no it's it's a great song uh uh that i like a lot for sure anthony yeah i'm gonna have to agree with jim on uh, a lot of the points that he mentioned but overall uh ozzy was getting soft at this point and uh yeah he had great musicians and i think that's the only thing that uh kept him going because of the the people who were backing him up uh so jim is totally correct uh, yes and i agree with that too and maybe if if sharon osborne wasn't his wife he probably could have did better exactly <laughs> But we won't get into her, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's another podcast. Yeah, and yeah, we don't need to talk about her. Okay, uh, so now we got, now this is my favorite song on the album, Revelation Mother Earth. This is my favorite one on the album, but again, it's a little slower at times. But again, it's just the guitar solo, the lead up to the guitar solo, the piano leading up to before Randy starts really getting into it. And this is just one of my favorite songs ever. Anthony, what you're the guitar guy. Let's hear about this solo. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all about orchestration. And that's where one of the things where uh, Randy really shone uh, or shined uh, he brought everything together. Uh, everything was written by him. He just, the composition of how he was able, like, I, I mean, like, how would I say, uh, like a Mozart or Beethoven, um, he, he knew like the orchestral feel of everything and he brought it all, all together. And really uh, ahead of its time, I think the only other band that tried something like that was Queen. But um, when Randy gets involved with anything, um, you can't beat it. It's, it's, it's done. You'll never top Randy. And Jim? Yeah, this this is my one B, but could be my one A tied with Suicide <laughs> Solution. This is a fantastic song, and I compare it, or I to maybe some Deep Purple, like in the sense that with the piano in there and the keyboards in there, it you know, I mean, no, you know, I'm not saying Blackmore and and uh, and Rhodes. I'm just saying it has that sort of feel of a Deep Purple album where they put so much focus on that i mean it sounds so cool uh you know that classical uh beginning is just great and i mean this is the longest song on the album at six minutes 10 seconds on i think a 38 minute album so you really get a lot of flow with it and i i just it's very deep purplish to me but with that added bonus i mean you got guys he's got some cool vocals and you've got I mean, you, you've got the musicianship of Randy there that just puts it over the top for sure. But yeah, this would be my other absolute favorite on the album. And then we finish with another rocking one with Steal Away the Night. Uh, Jim. <laughs> I, you know what? This is a fast song. I think this is the fastest song on the album. And it's very, I, I like it. It's got a great chorus. It's, an, it's kind of an easy, fun song to end the album on. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many you, again, you probably have the stats there. How many times this would be a great live song. I, 
and I don't think I've seen it live or like on any video or anything like that. So, but I, I like the song and I think it's pretty, pretty cool. I like the, where it's placed on the album. And uh, again, it's, it's got a great flow, a great chorus to it. Uh, go ahead, uh, Anthony. Sorry, I'm looking yeah, something up. Well, uh, <laughs> it, I, I thought it was a great song. Uh, would I call it pre-thrash? Probably not, but it is pretty quick. Uh, but uh, Ozzy's vocals really shine here. Uh, and uh, you can see just a great collaboration between uh, the two of them. Uh, you can sense that there really was a connection between Ozzy and Randy. Yes. Now, some you asked, you mentioned about song, how many times they played the song live. But as I look at the list, they have Black Sabbath songs in here too, which right. So it's kind of crowded, but it is in the top twenty as as well as was Revelation Mother Earth. It's in the top twenty of songs he's played live, but there is some Black Sabbath songs in there too. So it kind of goes. Weird. Anyway, I like the song too. I don't really have anything to add to it. And so that's the album. Now, I'm not going to talk. There was a reissue or there's other songs on them, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the original with the original band. And we're going to rate the album. Who all, uh, who wants to rate it first? Uh, Anthony, you're new, so you can rate oh, it first. you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I, 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 like, really, uh, because it's a freaking classic. Tens are and okay. It's okay to say so ten. Much. <laughs> and I'm completely biased towards Randy. Uh, but if I was to break it down in terms of uh, uh, Ozzy's vocals, uh, the bass, the drums, and especially Randy, I would easily, easily give this. You guys are going to kick my ass. 9.5. <laughs> That's okay. That's right. <laughs> Jim, what are you giving it? A 9.5 as well. I have it written down here. 9.5. Uh, you know, I like, uh, I, I mean, the album's a masterpiece. Uh, I probably gravitate to maybe Diary of a Madman a little bit more. I like that one, but uh, it's a great album. I mean, 9.5 out of 10. Uh, you know, Ozzy's first solo album. So, you know, shaking the rust off, getting in there. And, and I mean, obviously, with Randy on both those albums, that, that's phenomenal. So 9.5 out of 10 for me. Well, I was worried about my rating because I thought you guys would give me hell for it. But I also <laughs> gave it 9.5. All right. Because <laughs> I thought one of you, I thought you were going to say, how come you're not giving it a 10 or whatever? But so, I, so we all gave it 9.5. <laughs> yeah, it needed more of a showcase. It needed more. And that was, if there was one or two more songs that really showcased uh, the musicianship of everyone in the band, including Ozzy, especially Randy, then it would definitely deserve a 10. And what, Anthony, uh, what did you think of Diary of a Madman? Do you like it as much as this one or a little bit more or less? Uh, it's everything that he's done. Uh, when I say he is done, I don't mean Ozzy. I don't mean Randy. Uh, I would give it the same rating, but I think they could have done a lot more. Yes. Well, I, I, yeah, I like them both. And uh, it's way better than Bark at the Moon anyway. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Nothing against Jakey Lee. I mean, there's some good songs on it, but. Uh, he's if so cheese. If I go back to listen to Ozzy, it's only these two albums is really the only two Ozzy albums I'm listening to, really. <laughs> okay, so that's the album. So we're going to do, oh, wait, I was going to ask. Okay, I was going to ask about who's seen it live. I know Anthony and me have not seen Ozzy live. Jim, do you have anything? You've seen Ozzy live twice, I guess you said. Same tour yes. or something? Which yeah, tour was that? Back-to-back -back nights in Halifax and Moncton. So... Uh, you know, just that he was coming. I, I, at that point in time, I think it was 2008. So at that point I thought he, I may never see him again. I mean, he's been trundling along since then, but you know, I'm really glad I got to see him put on a great show both nights. Yeah. And what, what tour was that then? No more tears, maybe? 
No, I think it was Black Rain, I believe. Oh, I okay. Have, yeah, I think it was Black Rain, although I don't remember. The set list, I remember, I mean, he played some Black Sabbath stuff on there for the encores and that, but I, I don't remember him even playing anything off the new album or, or maybe one track. It was pretty okay. diluted for the new, that album, yeah. Okay. And yeah, and I never got seen Ozzy or Sabbath either yeah, with same, Ozzy. Or, so we're going to now we're going to do our top 10 hard rock slash heavy metal albums of 1980. And I'm going to let the new guy go first. So, Anthony, count down from number 10 to number one. You can make a few comments along the way if you want, but don't go into detail on every album. But. Yeah. So um, I, I think uh, my top 10 is going to be extremely different from Jim's, but let's, uh, let's see. Uh, number one, obviously from 1980. Hey, can you start at 10? Oh, 10. Yeah. yeah count, count backwards. No, count backwards. Like, uh, well, you didn't write it down. <laughs> no, I didn't write it down. I have it in my head. Okay. Just, okay. If, if it's easier then go one to 10, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say number one right now, uh, Rain of Blood. No, I no, I want the top ten albums of 1980 though. That was 1986. No, of the Blizzard yeah. of Oz. That, no, <laughs> I know, but <laughs> actual 1980. Yes. yes. Oh, jeez. So if I you didn't meet him, you... <laughs> oh. Oh. No, I meant the okay, year, Jim, just the Jim, year. Jim, help me here. You got to take over now, man. <laughs> Sorry, we had some miscommunication. So, yeah, well, me and Jim will do it then. You can comment on our picks then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll comment, but I thought 80s. No, I meant, I meant the single oh. year, 1980. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so that's okay. Everyone knows now, now, number one for me is Raid on Blood. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Great okay, album. let's do okay. So me and Jim will do 1980. So Jim, give me your top 10 list and start at number 10. My number 10 is uh ACDC back in black, you know, great album. I I missed out on ACDC on our last one, the best of the 70s. So I wanted to throw them a bone and get it in there, you know. Brian Johnson, great, great album. So going on to my number nine, uh, you know, I went with Motorhead, uh, Ace of Spades. I mean, awesome album. Love Motorhead, uh, and that was a that's a, a great one from that year. Number eight, I fall back on one of my favorite bands from the '70s and early '80s. You know, Scorpions. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Animal Magnetism, a Wicked album. It's got one of my favorite songs on there with the zoo and falling in love. I've got I. I decided not to do that. What I did last time, I only picked one song. Uh, sorry, one band from from. So I've got a, a band in here twice. So number seven is Saxon. Uh, um, you know, uh, Saxon Wheels of Steel. So uh, that that's an awesome, awesome album. My seven four seven Strangers in the Night. Great. Saxon's my favorite. Uh, uh, traditional metal band so them and iron mm. maiden would be probably my favorite uh number six uh blue oyster cult uh, cultosaurus erectus i mean lips in the hill is a phenomenal song Jim, uh, you're, you're talking chinese to me oh geez no <laughs> blue oyster cult's one of my well there's not no, there's not much extreme metal in 1980 so go ahead <laughs> no, there's not much no venom <laughs> that was five, 81 yeah, that's right. That was 81. Venom was 81. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Number five is Saxon again with Strong Arm of the Law. I mean, I love that album. Dallas 1 p.m. on there. That's great. My number four is Ozzy, Blizzard of Oz. You know, and I, I mean, I, I talked about it. And remember, these are all nine and a half to tens. Number three, Priest with British Steel. I mean, uh, breaking the law, metal gods, how can you go wrong? Number two, and I fought with this one between my number one and my number two. Number two, I'm giving it to, you know, Black Sabbath with Heaven and Hell. I mean, uh, one of my Children of the Seas, one of my favorite songs, and I love Die Young on that. And my number one is the Iron Maiden debut, you know, uh, Phantom. Phantom of the Opera, Running Free. I mean, phenomenal album. I remember seeing that album 
probably around 82, 83, and just the cover, I mean, just, just absolutely blew me away. So that's my top 10 in a nutshell. <laughs> Anthony, do you like any of those except Ozzy? <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree with Jim. I know all those albums. I just haven't really given them uh, a deep listen. Well, you're younger uh, than we are, so. <laughs> but I, I know all the albums. I, I just my own from my personal life experience kind of starts at 86. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, now I'll do mine. I think I got eight the same as uh not in the same position, but I think I have eight of the same albums. Oh, Jim did seven or eight anyway. So number 10, actually my top five are pretty easy. And then the bottom five were like, where should I put these in here? Whatever. So number 10, I got Triumph progressions of power even though it's probably one of my it's not one of my favorite triumph albums but it came out that year i need to get a canadian band in here somewhere <laughs> and uh, let's see number nine i got saxon wheels of steel and number eight i have saxon strong arm in the law i put them right beside each other <laughs> number seven i have ted nugent with scream oh, dream okay <laughs> Wango Tango's on there. I love that song. <laughs> Number six, I have Anthony's second favorite guitarist, Van Halen, with Women and Children First. <laughs> I know I'm joking. <laughs> but I do, I like I like that album though. And number five, I got Judas Priest, British Steel. Number yeah. four, I have Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. Yes. So I like Randy Rhodes better than. You know, I like I like Ozzy with Randy Rhodes. I mean, better than the Black Sabbath album that year, just because I like Randy Rhodes better than Tony Iommi, I guess. There anyway, you go. Number... So do I. <laughs> so number three, uh, Motorhead, Ace of Spades, and one and two were kind of hard to decide. Of course, number well, number two is Iron Maiden's debut album, and number one is the Ozzy Blizzard of Oz. Yes. And again, it's because of Randy Rhodes, really. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Because Iron Maiden is one That's of my favorite groups about. of all time. But, and maybe if that would have been the first Iron Maiden album I heard, it might have been different. But since the number of the beast is the first Iron Maiden album I heard, <laughs> this one isn't as sentimental, maybe, or whatever. But yeah, Blizzard of Wait, Oz. Imagine if Randy maybe. played with Iron Maiden. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's sad that we couldn't hear what Randy could have did. Yes. I mean, he, he was great on these two albums, but it's too bad we couldn't see where he would have went. I don't know if he really would have stayed with Ozzy for very long, because no. yeah, <laughs> I think he would have did his own thing. thing. He would have uh, moved around quite a yeah. bit. Yes. I got, I got some honorable mentions. Sure, go ahead, yes. Uh, Lightning to the Nations, Diamond Head. I mean, and they just re-released that I think in 2022, I bought the, the re the, I think it's the white album. I think it's called now, but diamond head wicked. I mean, you've got some great, you know, Metallica's covered a ton of their stuff, which is pretty cool. I had women and children first as you know, Van Halen is one of my, uh, one of my uh, honorable mentions on through the night, Def Leppard, the first two Def Leppard albums in my mind were the best. Uh, pyromania was good and then after that it kind of went severely downhill yeah. i'm a rebel i'm a rebel by accept is another great <laughs> great album and i'm a huge tigers of pantang and you know i'm, I'm throwing this one uh, honorable mention it's it's not my favorite tigers album it's a great album but you know this is uh tom elke out there one of our fellow writers he's a huge tigers uh fan as well so that's one of my honorable mentions and Michael Schenker Group had a, an album out in that time as well, too, which was really He's cool. another great guitarist, Jim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I was going to mention, that was his debut album, I believe. His yes. solo debut album, I think, because I had that as an honorable mention. Now, I have Back in Black here. Now, I'm a Bon Scott guy, so, yeah. but I did listen to Back in Black, obviously, when it came out, but now I just listen to all the Bon Scott albums. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's it. Do you, uh, do you want to make a list on the fly from 1980 from our list, Anthony? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, you guys go ahead with your 1980. <laughs> I'm going to start with the 86 and start getting into death metal and uh, black metal. 
Well, just for just for fun, give me your top five from the eighties that you were gonna do. Just give me your top five. Like player you was first. Like nineteen eighty. No, do do what you're planning on doing the eighties. Just give me your top five from the eighties that you were gonna oh, do. Yeah. Oh, easily. Um, Rain and Blood, number yes. one. Uh, Master of Puppets, begrudgingly. Hell <laughs> uh, awaits. Uh, and uh, when did the seasons come out? Was that 91 or 90? Or that 89? was 9. It might have been 89. Obituary came out in 89. Yeah. And Cannibal Corpse came out in 89. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking way different scopes here of metal. Well, yeah, like if yeah. Well, someday we'll do oh no. Well, see, the only reason I don't know if you listen to the Deep Purple podcast, me and Jim did top albums of the 70s, just because I didn't think there'd be enough albums for the year <laughs> 1972. So that's why I did I that. But once we get into the, the 80s. I think there's enough albums from the eighties to get 10 from a year. I don't know. That's what I thought, but anyway, so that's it. And uh, <laughs> I'll thank you guys for joining me on this podcast. This was fun. We had a guitar guy on here to give us some of that kind of guitar talk with Anthony. So thanks Anthony. And thanks Jim. Thank you. Jim, this was amazing. I can't wait for our, our next one. Oh, it was awesome. I had a lot of fun. This is great. Okay, thanks. So make sure everybody checks out our website again, www.themetalpit.org. We have album reviews, interviews, and links to our podcast can be found there and to our YouTube channel. Our next episode will be talking about Arch Enemy's 2002 album, Wages of Sin. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. Night, guys.